gentlemen in our audience here at NBC in Burbank, California, is a lady who came uh, just to see This Is Your Life. Now, she's visiting here in Southern California and doesn't dream that I'm about to step to her side and say tonight, Mrs. Sarah Veffer, This Is Your Life. That's a clip from a famous Hollywood TV show. And on this episode from 1961, the mystery guests were a Canadian family of eight Holocaust survivors, the Veffers, who were by then living in Toronto and running a flower shop. The show flew Mr. and Mrs. Veffer and their six grown children down to California for the taping, where they'd built a replica of the small room in a Dutch neighbor's house where the family had hidden for over two years. And the host asked the Veffers to relive how they were able to survive the Nazis in the town of Bussum, which is just outside of Amsterdam. They even flew in the non-Jewish Dutch rescuer who had hidden them. It actually sounds a little bit in poor taste today when I'm telling you this, but back then, the Veffers were one of the first Holocaust survivors to appear on American TV and tell their story. Now, 60 years later, the Veffers' story is once again being told in a modern way through a new children's book by a Jewish author and filmmaker who lives in Bussum. Annette Bitzalel has just published Where is Max? in Dutch, and it recounts the war and surviving it through the eyes of one of the Veffer boys, Max Veffer, who was crazy about soccer. Think about the good things in your life. Be grateful for that. And be very aware that your freedom and the liberty that you have um, and a good life that you have, that it's, it, don't take it for granted. Be grateful for that and, and be careful that, that it, can get, it can go away very quickly. You know, we weren't thinking that we would lose our liberty, but it happened. I'm Ellen Basner, and this is What Jewish Canada Sounds Like for Wednesday, April the 27th, 2022, the eve of Yom HaShoah. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. That the whole eight-member Veffer family survived the Holocaust is highly unusual. And how they came to Canada after the war is another amazing story. It was thanks to a Canadian Jewish soldier, the late Martin Stern of Toronto. He helped liberate the Netherlands in the spring of 45, and that's where he met the Veffer's only daughter, Shelley Veffer. They fell in love, the couple got married, and he brought her back to Toronto as a war bride and then brought her whole family over to start new lives. Dutch filmmaker Annette Bitsalel discovered the Veffer's story by chance among some old papers stored and forgotten in a cupboard in the synagogue in Bussum, where her husband is the cantor and she gives Holocaust tours to local school children. Coming up, we'll hear from her and from Shelley Veffer's son, Dr. Hartley Stern of Ottawa, about the new attention being focused on the bravery of both the hidden and those who hid them. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Norm Gardner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Jewish groups are demanding that a planned Al-Quds Day rally set to go this Saturday outside the Ontario legislature not be allowed to happen. Similar anti-Israel rallies have been going on around the world this month as the event is tied to the last Friday in the Muslim month of Ramadan, which is this week. The Friends of Simon Wiesenthal Centre and Abraham Global Peace Initiative and Sija and B'nai B'rith Canada have been calling on Ontario's Premier and the Mayor of Toronto not to grant permits to the protesters because the rallies are often places where people call for death to Israel, for intifadas and for the cleaning Jews out of Israel. COVID interrupted the in-person rallies these last few years. We've reached out to the police and the Mayor's office and the office of Premier Doug Ford for comment. 
And now, a short break for this important message. From award-winning journalist Marsha Lederman comes Kiss the Red Stairs, a compelling memoir of Holocaust survival, intergenerational trauma, divorce, and discovery that will guide readers through several lifetimes of monumental change. Marsha was five when a simple question led to a horrifying answer. She asked her mother why she didn't have any grandparents. Her mother told her the truth, the Holocaust. Decades later, her parents dead and herself a mother to a young son, Marsha begins to wonder how much history has shaped her own life. Reeling in the wake of a divorce, she craves her parents' help. But in their absence, she is gripped by a need to understand the trauma they suffered, and she begins her own journey into the past to tell her family stories of loss and resilience. Kiss the Red Stairs, available now wherever books are sold. And joining me now from Bussum in the Netherlands is Annette Bitsalo, fresh from her book launch in her town, and by Shelley Veffer's son, Dr. Hartley Stern. You two meeting only on Zoom, but you haven't met in person yet in real life, right? Looking forward to it. I, I have a feeling that we already know each other. Spiritual. Well, I want to wish you congratulations, Annette and, and Hartley, uh, Dr. Stern, on uh, your recent event. Um, let's, let's go back and, and sort of just tell our listeners a little bit. What was the milestone um, that was released, Annette, uh, at the ceremony? Uh, you, uh, you have it there with you? <laughs> yes, I got it with me. It's the first version of the book, The World of Max, which we called in English, Where's Max? And it stands for the amazing Holocaust uh, hiding story of the Veffers in Holland, in Bussum, the small town where I live, where a family, Hartley's, um, mom and her five brothers and two parents were hiding for almost three years and survived. And there's a lot of interest um, from Jewish and non-Jewish kids and their parents and grandparents. So for the moment, it's going really well. And um, I'm looking forward to an English edition for you guys in Canada and North America. And the UK has showed interest. I've sent a few copies. Now, Hartley, you weren't able to attend physically, of course, because of COVID and what have you to the event. But uh, I saw your uh, your video that you put together. Tell me about the, the message you wanted people there to know. I've learned to just connect with people uh, during my life, and it has made me an emotional person. And I did connect with Annette. Um, um, she's a remarkable, remarkable individual, in my view, one of the heroes of the story, because she is working tirelessly in Holland to ensure that the next generation and the generation after that understand what happened during the Holocaust. And so the story of my mother and her five brothers and her parents is an important story uh, because they were heroic. But the real story is the heroism of the Dutch underground workers who saved my family. And that story needs to be told. Uh, you know, we're living in a terrible time of COVID when people are depressed and discouraged. And so inspiring stories that, um, you know, and as telling, uh, I think uh, are wonderful for today to have just anyone who's listening be inspired. But most importantly, her book, which I am very supportive of, um, is being given to children so that they don't forget. And the next generation of children do not forget. And we create new heroes that way. And if we can do that together, then, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to do. And that, you know, I, um, I was wondering about 
what you said uh, in your speech, which you kindly sent me the video of. Since I um, receive a lot, a lot, a lot of school kids mainly in, in our synagogue, uh, to visit the synagogue, uh, not just for a tour of, you know, um, the show, what it, all the parts, what it means and the, the symbolism and Jewish culture, Jewish holidays. But then I also tell them what happened in Muslim during the wartime. Because as far as I know, because I went through all those demographic documents, I think that Bussum has, again, the statistic, ah, has the highest percentage of survivors in, in Holland. And that, that is only because of the non-Jews who helped them survive. So um, I thought, what about telling this story for those kids? And every kid visiting the synagogue in Bussum gets it for free. But after the tour, they go into the other hall and they sit there and they have workshops and they become a resistance party. And they write on all typewriters from the 1930s that I found on eBay. Uh, they write uh, a resistance, an illegal newspaper. They make a radio receiver that, with components and it works. They make a radio um, uh, speech from what the illegal radio stations would broadcast during the wartime from London, where the, the Radio Orange was called. We uh, for, uh, forge uh, uh, papers. We take, uh, yeah, and then, then go, miss, is this allowed? And I said, no, it's illegal, but sometimes you've got to do that. So now they spend their two, three hours and they love it and they come back with a totally different view on how to stand in the world. I mean, it sounds, you know, maybe megaloman, but it is true. I've seen those kids and see them think, and I heard them say, never understood how it worked, but now we've done it. We've made it. We've made our own paper. We made our own forgeries and we know how they did it. And it means something. It's concrete. So um, that's why I decided to make it into a children's story. And for the story, um, I used the interviews that I have of uh, Max Deffer talking about the mischief that he did, how he fell in love with the first grade teachers. And, ah, uh, you know, the, the stories, how he used to go nick apples uh, in the orchards in the neighborhood or how he, his ball, his football fell on top of this railway station roof and he climbed on there and uh, well, he got it back, but all that kind of stories. And that made him so human. And his life was not only defined by the misery that they went through. The fact that eight of them survived, plus there was another family with them too. That is unusual for the Holocaust to have eight all together. What did your grandmother and your, your relatives think what did they credit? How did they decide why they why they all survived? I don't I don't know that they put it all together. I, I my own theories about this is it's an unusual confluence of, of events. So my mother, my grandmother was formidable. She was a, a woman of iron. She ate nails for breakfast and had um, was the toughest person I ever met. When she came into a room when I was a young boy, everybody stood up. Um, her children stood up. Uh, out of respect for her coming into a room. She was four foot 11 in every direction. And so when she came into the room, she was a presence with a, a tightly, uh, her coiffure was, her hair was pulled back in a tight bun. She didn't smile very much. And so you need somebody who is just tough. So that was her. My grandfather was uh, quite resourceful. He was a uh, florist by by profession, but he was also a carpenter. 
And so he was able to create and build in this little closet where they would hit hide. He was a perfectionist. He built, when he would make floral arrangements, they were perfect. And so he was a perfectionist in the precision drilling so that when the Nazis came, everybody was prepared. So within the family, they had a great dynamic. They were also really lucky to be in Bussum because um, there's no doubt in my mind that people in Bussum knew what was going on. There were many families who knew that there, was, there were Jews hiding there and they didn't say anything. Um, plus they had the remarkably courageous uh, doctors and um, you know, people like Auntie Fifi and, and, and Dr. Martins who, who were just courageous, who helped them. So it was, they were in a town that was sympathetic they were remarkable individuals, my grandparents, and um, they had remarkable underground people. It would not have happened had all of those pieces of the puzzle not been um, all together. What is your family happy about all this? Oh, of course. I mean, um, it's a it's a remarkable way of, of of keeping and inspiring. I think for the next generations, it's about inspiration, and so. To have someone uh, rekindle a, you know, the story shaped differently, um, shaped from the point of view of um, the children, my mother and her brothers when they were young, um, is a very different slant on how I remember it. My, my mother talked about this very little. Um, in fact, we never talked about the war um, until 1982 when we actually went to Bussum. Uh, I don't think my mother mentioned the war or or refused to talk about it or gave any hints about her suffering at all. She really kind of hid it. But now to have it turned to, towards um, uh, a mechanism by which the never again, and these things should never happen again, can be done positively through children, um, to answer your question in a very roundabout way, I think is a remarkably uh, apt and pertinent and um, critical piece of work because we're just not going to respond to guilt. The next generation will not respond to guilt. They will respond to inspiration, and that's how we should teach it. The author and Dr. Stern are set to finally meet in person in a couple of weeks when Yad Vashem will hold a special ceremony in Bosom to bestow the award of Righteous Among the Nations on the families who helped hide the Veffers. If you want to order a copy of her book, check out the link in our show notes. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Noah Zatzman of Toronto. And we'll end the episode with this clip from the International March of the Living. Well, it's going ahead this week at Auschwitz in Poland in person, but there won't be any Canadians going because of COVID. So Toronto survivor Nate Leipziger, who's been on the march about 18 times, taped this video message that'll be shown as part of the virtual ceremony, which you can watch online. My name is Nate Leipziger. I'm a Holocaust survivor from Toronto, Canada. I'm marching in memory of six million innocent Jewish people who were murdered in the Shoah. Had Israel existed 20 years earlier, the Shoah would not have happened. That is why it is important to go on the March of the Living to remind us of that fact. Mm-hmm.